welcome to season two of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman, and I'm excited for this next guest. So let's just get right to it and continue our Assistant Coaches Week presented by the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. The song you just heard is Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins, and it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Jimmy Gatto. The Gattos have a rich history of wrestling within their family, and Jimmy certainly is no exception. He was a two-time state place winner for Western Dubuque, finishing 7th and 3rd. Jimmy chose to attend Coke College and became a two-time All-American for the Cohawks, including a run to the finals as an unseated wrestler his junior year. Jimmy now serves as both the head assistant and assistant strength and conditioning coach for Coke College. But as successful as his wrestling career was, Jimmy battled quite a bit of adversity, and I believe it's turned him into the man and coach he is today. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Coach Jimmy Gatto. Where are you living at nowadays? You, I uh, Marion. Marion? Yep. Nice place. Yeah. Nice place. How was, uh, how was Fargo? It was good. It was really good. It was fun. It's yeah. a good trip. So, yeah. Yeah. Have you been out there? Did you wrestle out there ever? I never wrestled out there, no. Yeah. I never did much freestyle or Greco in high school, so. Yeah. But... Wish I would have. It's it's a pretty cool yeah. tournament. Yeah. How come you never did? I don't know. You know, it just never back in high school is just kind of like wrestle during season and then out of season you do a couple summer camps and then that was about it. I mean, I did a couple freestyle tournaments back then, but it was like even even the independence tournament back then it was like yeah. you show up and there's two kids in your bracket, you know. It's not like today where there's three hundred kids at a freestyle tournament, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the independence tournament. Um, but uh, did you guys play – did you play baseball? Because Western Dubuque won – I think they won state baseball this year. Yeah, yeah, they just won. And then Dyersville Beckman, the town yeah. right next door. Yeah, um, they won. They won too, so that's pretty cool. And they – I think they beat maybe Cascade in the semifinals, which is also a West Dubuque, right. you know, school yeah. district school. So pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah so did you play baseball? Uh, no, I st- I mean, I stopped in fifth grade, so. Oh, really? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, how many brothers do you have? I've got, about. I was like, I've got three brothers, two older, brothers. one younger. We're all about 18 months apart from each other. Really? Yeah. Yep. So, so pretty was, close to each. Yeah. Was it just a family affair or something when you wrestled, started wrestling or? Yeah. Yeah. So did your dad wrestle or uncle or anything? Yep. Like that? Dad. So my, my dad is a family of 15. Whoa. So wow. there's nine boys, nine boys, six girls. All the boys but one wrestled. All the girls were either cheerleaders or stat girls. And then obviously they all had two, three, four kids. So then all my cousins wrestled. Um, so then kind of growing up, that was just kind of what the Gattos did. It was just we kind of wrestled. So, wow. yeah. That's a big family. Yeah, yeah, big family. Fun. So, yeah. Um, yep. So it was just something. Did you guys do anything else growing up, other sports? Uh, cross country. Um, so we got, we got pretty big into cross country, my brothers and I in high mm-hmm. school. Um, and that's just something where getting in shape for wrestling. So we ran cross country, you know, all junior high through high school, we lived out in the country, um, mm-hmm. probably five, six miles out from the high school. So we would run and there's what they call the heritage trails an old train track back in the day that they turned into a bike trail mm-hmm. and, uh, goes right past our house. So, it would be about four miles to get to high school once we get out, got on the trail. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so we would run to the high school every morning in the summer, lift weights for a couple hours, and then run back home. And then that was kind of our summer training to get ready for cross country. And then that cross country fed into, into the wrestling season. So, Dang. You took cross country pretty seriously then. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, I didn't go out my senior year. Um, just want to focus on wrestling my senior year, but my sophomore year, I was an individual state qualifier. And then we also took fifth as a team that year in cross country, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So did you, your, all your brothers did it too? Yep. Yep. We all ran cross country and then we all wrestled and just kind Is of. Is there something you guys didn't do together? No, I mean, just growing up out in the country, you know, we, it wasn't like we were in town where we could just kind of go to the park and play or whatever with other kids. So it was just us four out in the countryside mm-hmm. running through the timber, down through the creek bottom, um, just kind of working outside, playing outside, doing all that. You know, we play wiffle ball or, or uh, tackle football out in the yard, but um, that's about it, you know. Yeah. Who was on the teams? I assume it was 2v2. Two, two two. Who were who were the teams? Uh, so it was uh, the two middle brothers, so me and my brother Joe, and then the oldest, John, and the youngest, Jake, were on a team. So that – it always ended in fist fights, no matter what we were playing, you know, it, nobody would like to lose and then everybody would start arguing. So yeah, yeah pretty competitive, but. Um, and were you the smallest or like, where did you rank in size with those guys? Were you all pretty small? Uh, so my two older brothers are about six foot. Um, Whoa. I'm five, five, five. And then Jake, he's about five, six. So the two youngest are the smaller or, you know, shorter ones. And then the two older are taller. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm probably about 155 right now, Jake. He's probably 145, maybe 140. Mm-hmm. So he's still he's still the smallest. Yeah. Did you ever gravitate towards another sport, or was it always just wrestling? Uh, just kind of always wrestling. You know, cross country was, was pretty big for us. Um, but that was still just kind of a secondary to wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know, I never really got much into anything else. I was never big into video games or anything like that. Just kind of wrestling and working out and doing everything to help wrestling. Yeah. So when did you start then? Um, about three years old. Really? Yeah. So just growing up in Dubuque, my dad had a little tumbling mat and he'd have, you know, me and the brothers wrestle out in the living room on the, on the mat. And then when we moved out to Epworth in the country, um, we started going to the little Bobcat wrestling club, which my uncle Danny ran. Um, and uh, that was our first introduction to really wrestling, you know, and that was, I think I was second grade. So from second grade on really doing the, the little Bobcat wrestling club all the way up through high school. And yeah. Yeah. Was there ever a time where, you know, growing up, you were like, you know, dad, can, can I try something else or can I do something else? Uh, you know, and that's when we played baseball You know, we did yeah. play baseball growing up little league and stuff like that. And it kind of just got to the point where there's four of us and we all played on four different teams and had four different practices and four different tournaments, you know, so it just kind of got to the point where it was too much. Yeah. Um, and so then, you know, we talked about it and we're like, Hey, we're just going to focus on wrestling and we're just going to do wrestling, um, and kind of stop playing baseball. And, uh, you know, not that we even really did much freestyle or Greco, you know, but it was just kind of, you know, we're going to wrestle throughout the school year and then we're going to train, you know, throughout the summer, you mm-hmm. know, 
So, yeah. So it sounds about what, what did you say you're about fifth grade, fifth, sixth grade when you started taking it pretty yeah. recently. Yeah. And I really didn't have much success up until fifth grade either, you know? So fifth grade, I think something kind of clicked where I'm like, Hey, I'm, I want to qualify for state, you know, AAU state tournament. I want to qualify. I think I was going 0 and 2 every district, you know, up until that point. Um, and then something kind of clicked. I'm like, Hey, I want to, I want to qualify, you know, and I kind of started taking practice more seriously and, and uh, you know, just kind of said, Hey, I actually want to be good at this sport, you know? So, um, and then even then, you know, I qualified fifth grade, I never placed at AAU state until my eighth grade year. Um, and I think I might've went 0 and two every year at, at AAU state up until eighth grade. And I ended up taking third. Um, and that was the year I was like, man, I, I don't want to just qualify. I want to, you know, I want to win state. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, just kind of learning to set goals at that point in my life. And that stage of my, you know, wrestling is kind of what I guess changed, you know, what, what made you keep coming back? I mean, going 0-2 and, and not making it to state. And like, it seems like, you know, you're putting in this work, but it didn't seem like it was translating into success as much as you would have liked. What, what I guess, what made you keep coming back? Didn't know any different, I guess, you know, like <laughs> growing up, you know, in Dubuque County and your last name's Gatto, you know, it's just kind of what is expected of you. Like, you're going to be a wrestler. You're going to wrestle. Um, and there's just nothing else, you know, it's just kind of, you know, like I said, expected of you. Um, but again, the difference is just that mindset of starting to set goals, you know, and I, I kind of vaguely remember a specific practice, you know, I don't even think I was in junior high yet. So it's still little kids club where one of the dads who are helping coach, you know, they're like, Hey, you don't have to be nice. You don't have to, be friends when you're in here practicing, like you guys can punch each other. You can, you know, kind of get after it, be physical. Mm -hmm. And I remember my, my partner that practice, we just kind of looked at each other. All right. And we just started beating the crap out of each other. And the dad started breaking us up and they're like, Hey, hey, like you gotta, it's not a fist fight, but we're like, Hey man, we're having fun. Like this is actually Mm -hmm. enjoyable now, you know? So, you know, I just kind of, as you get older, you know, or just, more mat time you just kind of start figuring things out and like I said earlier setting goals is a big thing too and just kind of having that mindset to set goals you know I say all the time you know even now with our wrestlers like kids don't know what they don't know you know and what that means is like I might have thought I was working hard you know and I might have thought I was doing everything that I was supposed to be doing but if I don't know any better and I don't know what actually other kids are doing, then, you know, I'm not, I'm not being the hardest worker in the country or in the state, you know? So kids think that they're working hard and think that they're doing everything right, but there's always another level and there's always another dimension that, that uh, you can be getting out of yourself. Yeah. When did you start realizing that? Because you said as a kid, it can be difficult. And I agree. Yeah. You know, honestly, Looking back on my career and just growing up, probably not until after I was done competing in college, you know, even I look back at my high school career and I was a hard worker, you know, I, in season, I did everything. I freaking I worked extremely hard. I did two a days. I got up early in the morning and lifted and ran and did everything. Um, but I never did freestyle. You know, I never, 
it was just season to season, you know, it wasn't year round, you know, I didn't know what year round wrestling was until I got to college. Um, so I just didn't know what I didn't know. You know, I thought I was the hardest worker in the state. I, my goal in high school was to be a state champ. And I thought I was doing everything to become a state champ, but I didn't know that there was freestyle going on six more months of the year that everybody else was doing, you know? So in my mind, I'm, I'm doing everything right to become a state champ, but I wasn't doing everything, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think, I think a lot of kids, you know, they just don't know what they don't know, you know? And even in college, I was working out twice a day. I was doing everything right. I was, but there's still other things I could have been improving on, you know? And I don't know if that makes sense, but that's just kind of an analogy. Like I use with kids all the time, you know, they, they think they're doing it right. And they're doing good things. Don't get me wrong, but there's another level to get to, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about mentally? You know, how'd you get there mentally? Cause it seems like you were pretty mentally strong, almost from a young age. Yeah. And I'm probably wired a little different, you know, (laughs) most wrestlers are wired a little different, Um, but mentally, you know, I can look back in my career and I, you know, Hey, most people probably like, Hey, that's a pretty mentally tough kid. But I look back on it and like, man, he had some flaws mentally, you know, I had flaws, you know, one thing I probably could have done better is just communicating with, with coaches on where I was, you know, emotionally or um, physically even, you know, uh, and communication is a huge part of it. And now that I'm coaching, it's, hundred percent of it, you know, having, having communication with your athletes and being able to talk about where you're at in a mental state and a physical state and not, um, just trying to grit through everything. Um, and just being able to talk about stuff. That's, that's big. And I know I'm trying to probably get off on a tangent here. That's not answering your question, but, uh, yeah, you did. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So mentally, I don't know, probably always working on it. You know, I don't know. Yeah. So you, 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 how, excuse me, how was it placing on an eighth grade year? You know, that was a goal you set. I know you set yeah. to be a state champ. You got third. I mean, did that propel you into your high school career? Like, all right, let's go. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, the funny thing about that was I, I distinctly remember after my seventh grade year, you know, maybe going one and two at state or zero and two at state. Um, didn't place though. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to um, my dad, and my stepmom. I'm like, man, I, you know, I think next year I really want to place. You know, I want to be top five. And my stepmom was like, why? Why just set it to place? You know, why? You got one year left of age. Why don't you just win it? You know. And then that like clicked. I'm like, man, you know what? Yeah, that that's the goal. The goal is not to place. That's to win. Um, and then taking third, you know, which is a tough, I think I placed behind, uh, I always had Tanner, Weather, Tanner Weatherman in my bracket and Levi Wolfensberger. And I feel like I, I ran into those guys every year at state mm-hmm. and those two took first and second again in my bracket. So placing third behind those two guys, I, I was pretty happy with, mm-hmm. um, going into my freshman year. Um, you know, that's just another level, uh, where it's like, all right, now we're, we're jumping up a level. And now there's some expectations because 
you come in as an AAU placer and you're taking third, you're like, Hey, this kid, you know, all the upperclassmen are like, Oh, this kid's good. Right. He's going to be the starter for us. He's going to be competing for, you know, a state medal, get on the podium. Um, and yeah, so that just kind of prepared me for that. And I was, I was kind of excited. I, you know, I was, I was amped up, but I think my, my goal that year as a freshman was to, again, be a state qualifier, be a state placer. You know, I didn't have the goal of, Hey, I'm going to, I'm good enough to win state, you know, as a freshman. Um, and I got beat in the blood round, you know, and that, you know, that was devastating to me, you know, cause I was winning the match. You get thrown with, you know, 20 seconds left and pinned, um, you know, but that to me, that's always of just kind of having your goals set too low, right? If you, my goal is always to be a state qualifier and that's, you know, was what I was. My goal was to be a state place winner and I got beat in the blood round, you know, my goal is to be a state champ and you get beat, you know, and take third, you know, so um, it's good to have goals and it's good to have high goals. And I would say set your goals higher than, and your expectations higher than, you know, you expect, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where were you sitting at, um, at 103 that year? Were you, were you a little bit smaller or uh, decent size? I, I started freshman year about 105. And then, so the beginning of the year and during cross country, I wasn't really cutting much weight or during cross country, I wasn't cutting weight at all, but, you know, running all the time, my weight was right around 105 burning a lot of calories. But then I think as the wrestling season went on, I started growing a little bit. So then I started cutting from, you know, I wasn't a whole lot, but 103, mm-hmm. I was probably cutting from 110, 112 maybe. Um, so it got a little bit more difficult and cutting weight was never my strong suit, you know, mm-hmm. so wasn't doing things, things the right way either, you know, not eating the right way or just yo-yo dieting, getting up pretty high after, after a weigh-in and then trying to cut it all back down in high school, which is pretty common, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So like, how'd you handle that loss then in the blood round? You know, that's always one of the toughest losses I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it haunted me for a long time, you know, and going into my sophomore year, um, which again, I had a pretty good year going into my sophomore, you know, my sophomore season. Um, I think I was ended up being ranked top three or top four going into state and, uh, but I remember before districts, I kind of had a mental breakdown at a practice where I was thinking about that, um, that blood, ro- blood round loss and, uh, you know, kind of breaking down with my coaches and, and they had to kind of talk me through it, you know, cause I'm like, Hey, I'm having nightmares about this blood round loss, you know, and trying to get through that. Um, but then going into sophomore state, you know, I, I felt like I had, you know, got to another level in my wrestling and I was going to, like I was truly confident I was going to win state that year and uh, you know, blind draw back then. So the top four guys were all on the bottom side of the bracket. So quarterfinals match, I had the kid, Joey Jerkovich, which mm. um, he ended up winning state that year. And it was like 30 or 40 years to the day. Our two dads wrestled at the state tournament. No kidding. Yeah. So that was a little extra motivation. His dad beat my dad. So that was a little extra motivation for me. Like, all right, I'm going to go beat this kid 40 years on the day, which is my dad's birthday too. And, uh, I ended up dresser dumping him to his back, locking up a cradle with like 30 seconds left. So I'm up, I think it was six to two or, or no, four to two or six to four, something like that. I had a two point lead 
short time left. I just had to stay in that cradle and I'd win. And, uh, I had to go for the pin, right. Cause in the back of my mind, I'm like, Oh, this is going to be perfect for my dad. I'm going to pin Jerkovic on his birthday. And he flips me over and pins me with five seconds left on the clock. He goes on to win state. I drop down to seventh and eighth and take seventh that year. Um, so that was also a very disappointing year for me, you know, as far as my expectations and my standards, but. Wow. Yeah. How were you able to bounce back after that loss? Because that's quarterfinals. You still have to win one more match to, to medal. Yeah. So then you were able to do that, you know? Yeah. And that's where, you know, you talk about mental toughness. And that's where I would look back and say I wasn't very mentally tough in that scenario because at that point, my mindset was state champ or bust. And after I lost and lost in that fashion, I was I was so upset that, I mean, I went out and I beat the next kid. I think it was a kid from Indianola, and I, I beat him pretty good. Um, but mentally, I wasn't in the match. You know, I was just kind of – pissed off and and uh you know I just I don't know I just wasn't wrestling with a clear mind so I win that match so now I'm you know I'm, I'm at least a state placer um but then I run into Cody Caldwell from Waverly Shellrock who ends up be, being a uh three-time state champ and I think it was zero zero going into the third period he's down he escapes and I just kind of bull rush him and he carries me to my back and pins me, you know, so then I dropped for seventh and eighth and, you know, I wasn't very happy, happy with that, that finish either, you know? So. Well, I'm curious how you would talk to somebody that just like came back from a loss, like you had against Jerkovic, you know, you, you say it's, you know, you were kind of discombobulated. You're, you know, you're mad. You weren't in the match. What do you say to a kid like that? I mean, that's like devastating. And you got to yeah. come back, obviously, right away because they wrestle constellations right away. I mean, I maybe that's why I'm not coached, but I don't know what you say to a kid or how you kind of pull them out of that mindset of, you know. Yeah, and it's and it can be tough. And that's kind of as a coach now, you just kind of really have to know your athletes, know how to talk to them and how to calm them down or how to get them to snap out of something like that. And it's it's definitely tough. And like I said, looking back now, that's where I, I wasn't mentally tough because I wasn't very coachable in that aspect of, Hey man, you need to calm down. You need to refocus. You need to, you know, there's still a lot of wrestling left to be done. Um, you know, so that's probably where, you know, going in, you know, skip a year going into my senior year, um, make it to the semis. And I have John Meeks, who's a four-time undefeated state champ in the semis, you know, my goal is still to be a state champ. Um, and I get beat in the semis, but instead of being devastated, I, I was almost not relieved, but I knew I'd left everything out on the mat trying to beat John Meeks. Um, so I wasn't, I wasn't upset with my performance because I competed as hard as I could. Um, and I left it all out there. So, you know, my senior year, I wrestled back for third, you know, and I, the rest of the, the rest of the tournament, you know, I wrestled, I wrestled really well and there was no, there was no pressure. There was no, um, mental cloud, you know, hanging over me because I didn't win a state title, but I knew that I had wrestled my best, you know, and gave it my all. So, um, you know, that, that looking back is growth mentally, you know, and maturing, I guess. 
speaking of pressure, did you feel a lot of pressure with, with your last name? You know, your last name's Gatto and, you know, obviously the family is, is big and has tradition, you know, did that ever play a role sometimes? Um, no, I think a lot, most of my pressure came internally, you know, it was never like, like growing up, my dad was never like, Hey, you, you have to wrestle or, you know, growing up, like when we went to little kids tournaments, it was, Hey, if you guys want to wrestle, you have to go find the tournament flyer. You have to fill it out. You know, so we had to fill out all those flyers by ourselves. Um, my dad would pay for it obviously, but you know, it'd be Saturday or Sunday morning. We have to wake dad up to take us to the tournament. You know, if we wanted to go wrestle, we had to, you know, be the one to get behind it and make sure that we end up there, you know? So it was never him pushing us to do it. It was just kind of, Hey, if you want to be good, you can, let's be good, but it's on you, you know? Mm-hmm. So a lot of my motivation and, and, uh, pressure was all internal, you know, it was, I want to be great. Um, and I want to do it for my family's name, you know, or something like that, but it was never, an outside force pushing on me. It was just all internal. Mm-hmm. And your, uh, your sophomore year, your team was pretty good. Um, you had the Gansons, Dustin yep. Demers, Mitch yep. McCarthy, Tyler Horner. Like your team was kind of loaded. Yeah. Yeah. We're, you're, we're, we're good. And, th- and back then, and this is what sucked back then you had to win your district uh-huh. to qualify for state duels. And we were always stuck with like a Waverly shell rock or, um, you know, a, a top ranked team in our district. So we would always take second in districts and not qualify. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was my junior year was the first year they changed that. And we were stuck with what Waverly shell rock. Um, and that year, so my junior year, I didn't even qualify for state. Um, but we had such a good team, a dual team that we only qualified one kid that year for state out of our district, but we took, we took eighth at state duels or set seventh or eighth at state duels. Um, but that was with wrestling Waverly shell rock first round at state duels and, uh, not being able to advance after that, you know? So honestly, we probably would have been a top five team at dual state with having only one state qualifier on our team. Wow. Yeah. What what was that junior year? Like, I mean, sort of what, what happened, I guess. So tough, tough district. Yeah. We had, uh, I had Jordan Rinkin mm-hmm. who ended up winning our district. He was, he took fourth or sorry. He took second in state, I think four years in a row, maybe. Um, so he's tough. Mm-hmm. Had Nick Sand from Waterloo West who took third that year in, in my bracket. Yeah, yeah. So Rinkin and Nick Sand took second and third at state that year behind John Meeks. Um, and then Kirk Salas who beat me in the Concy semi. So Kirk Salas and I, neither one of us qualified that year. Um, Kirk Salas took second the following year. I took third the following year. Um, and both multiple state place winners, you know, so just a loaded district bracket. And that was at 119 and 125. I think the next weight class up, there was only, I think Cody, Cody Caldwell might've been the only ranked guy up there so there was a lot of criticism why didn't somebody bump up and and I guess the mindset back then was just we're not running from anybody you know and 
did it suck not qualifying for state? Yeah, that was pretty heartbreaking. Um, but it, again, it just showed that there's another level to get to, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't good enough to beat uh, Jordan Rankin. He got, you know, he, he kicked the crap out of me in that, that match at, at districts. Then we ended up wrestling at state duels and it was a lot closer match it might be three to two, but um, you know, just kind of eye opening, like, Hey, again, I thought I was doing everything right. I thought I was on another level. I actually, that year I going into districts, I was like 40 and two, my two losses came, both came in overtime to the same kid. Um, I want to say it was a light from Mount Vernon. It was a good kid. Yeah. Um, and I ended up majoring him at conference in the conference finals. So I had two losses on my record. I ended up majoring that kid going into district. So I'm like on top of the world. Like I think, Hey man, this is a tough district, but I'm going to win it. Um, but in reality, I probably wasn't doing all the off season training that Jordan Rankin was or Nick Sand was or Kirk Salas was. So, you know, again, you don't know what you don't know. I think, um, you know, all that stuff pays off, you know? Yeah. What's it like wrestling? Because I just remembered, 3A does eight-man brackets. Yeah. That like, is that just a grind? Uh, Sorry about that. No, it it really wasn't. It really wasn't a grind of a a tournament um, because I think it's still only three, three matches. So it's not, it's not terrible. Um, But like for that day, you know, even after I lost to Rinkin, I, you know, then I have to wrestle Kirk Salas um for third and fourth and uh same time that um the finals are going on so for true second Mm -hmm. so during my match i'm kind of looking out the corner of my eye watching rinkin and and uh nick sand wrestle and rinkin beats sand pins them and i think uh i think i was ranked third in the state nick sand might have been ranked second Rinkin was fourth and Salas was fifth. So, you know, four of the top five guys in one bracket. But when I watched Rinkin beat Sand, I'm like, all right, now's my chance. I can still have a wrestle back. Um, and I felt good about being, being able to beat Nick Sand at the time. Um, but I had to get through Salas first. And I was down, I don't know, I think I was down six to two. I ended up having to come back, get a couple late takedowns to send it to overtime. And I'm feeling good because Nick Sand just lost going to overtime. I feel good. Just got two takedowns right off the whistle. I get blast doubled and lose. So it's like, man, I'm, I'm going to qualify. And then boom, mm-hmm. you know, I, I started thinking too much in that match. Um, yeah. No, that's tough. I, I've been there. You know, I'm sure everyone's been there. Yeah. Yeah. They're yep. Taking a peek, you know, as, as hard as it is to focus on your match, you, you can't help but look over to see, you know, if you got a chance, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, so what what was that off season like then your junior year? Uh, so that's when I started training um, year round. So after that year, my junior year. So I didn't qualify. So sophomore year, I qualified in cross country too individually mm-hmm. um, and then placed at state. My junior year, I didn't qualify. I was – I got passed up by a teammate right at the finish line, actually, to qualify. So I was one place away from qualifying in cross country, didn't qualify in state. So that was kind of where my mindset changed. And like, all right, I got to go all in in wrestling. Um, 
And so actually I started going down to co to wrestle in the Cedar Hawk club. And, uh, that was when my mind was opened up to a whole nother level of wrestling. And I don't know if you ever heard about the Cedar Hawk wrestling club there at co back in the day, but it was full of hammers. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was probably 30 state champs in there. Um, there'd be 70, 80 kids in the room, you know, every single practice and, you know, 50% of them are state place winners and, you know, 50% of those are, are state champs. So it was, you know, just a whole nother world of wrestling that I was never exposed to before. Um, you know, and that kind of, I started training with, you know, Chris Halbum, Tyler Shalista, um, the LeClaire brothers, the Burkles, you know, so just another level of exposure and, you know, kind of, oh man, this, this is why I never got to that level before because I haven't been training like this and these guys have been doing it their entire life, you know? So that was another big jump going into my senior year. Um, we're like, all right, I, I have been training, you know, I have been doing the right things. I've, you know, finally wrestling year round. And that makes a huge difference. Yeah. Did you, so I guess I should ask this earlier, but so did you go to Western? Did you live in Epworth? Because in that kind of area, you know, there's like three routes you can go. It seems like you can go to Dallas or Cascade or Western Dubuque. Yep. So uh, they're all in the Western Dubuque district. Right. Which is just kind of a real big, school district made up of 30 different towns. Mm-hmm. Um, but I lived in outside of Epworth and in between Bankston, a little farm town called Bankston, which is basically yeah. just a church, you know, and a bunch of farms um, in Epworth. And uh, so, yeah, went to Western Dubuque, um, which is just an hour, you know, north of, of Cedar Rapids. And was there any, like, was it just always going to be Western Dubuque? Was there any, like, debate? Yeah. Or- about no, yep. yeah, just Western Dubuque, and that's where all my all the gatos went. You know, that was just kind of like our school, and that's just there's never any debate on whether we're going to go to Beckman or you know anywhere else. Yeah, all right. So yeah, so fast forward then your senior year, um, obviously probably had some extra motivation for not making state, but now it's almost like you had this. You're you're almost a new and improved Jimmy Gatto. Yeah. You know, almost like you're ready for a test run of, of what you can do after competing. Yep. You know, all summer. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so going to my senior year, I kind of, again, I kind of hit a growth spurt again. I, I got up to about 140, maybe 145. No kidding. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of figuring out what weight I'm going to go. Um, yeah. I, I started off at 25. I thought about cutting down to 19. Um, and for a Dubuque tournament, I did cut down to 19, um, which was, which was really, really tough. And I actually, we got a pound allowance that day, I think, because one of the teams at this tournament, um, wrestled the night before. So I ended up weighing 119.8 or something like that. Um, and beating a, being a really good kid from Dubuque senior, you know, that was a couple times state place winner down there, but ended up going back up to 25 just because the weight cut was kind of too much. And I wanted to focus on, you know, feeling good and, and wrestling at a high level, not necessarily just cutting a lot of weight. So, mm-hmm. um, and it was good for me. You know, I, I don't remember what my record was that year, but 
going into state. You know, I was probably 40 and 40 and three or something like that. That's a lot of weight. I mean, you're already a lean, lean guy, you know, I mean, I can't imagine what your body fat percent is. It can't be very high, but to cut even 15 ish pounds at that time had to. Yeah. And that was, that was probably the best weight cut I've ever done in my life was my senior year of high school. And I think it was just, just extra focused, you know, like I got to do everything right. Um, so I would, you know, I would pack a couple of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches with me for the day. And I would eat, you know, a half of one after every class. And I never let my weight get above five over. Um, and so once I made that weight cut down and adjusted to being, you know, within five pounds, I never wore sweats throughout the season. You know, I was able to go into practice with spandex and a t-shirt on, um, and weigh out at weight every single night, you know, so I I knew I was going to lose five pounds every night, even the night before a competition. Um, I knew I was going to get down to weight, no problem. And, uh, just staying hydrated and, and, uh, staying disciplined with my diet. Um, which, yeah, I would like to have been able to do in in college too, but that was never the case in college. I was going to ask that here in a little bit, um, how difficult it was to stay at 25, but, um, when you wrestled Meeks in that semifinals match, what did he, so was he two years younger than us? Yeah. Yeah. Then, so he would have been going for a second, second, so yep. only one is, you know, he'd, he'd won one at that point. Um, so he wasn't kind of the John Meeks of like going for four. It was like, okay, you know, it was just, yeah, here's a undefeated state champ as a freshman, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. going for a second, um, which, so <laughs> conference our Walmart conference tournament that year I actually sprained my ankle really bad um in the semis and had a forfeit out of the tournament so I never I tried wrestling maybe one time between conference and state at practice and I kind of re-sprained it um so I was basically off the mat for two weeks going into state tournament and I remember my first match at state um I probably hit 30 single legs on my kid and just couldn't finish um, just because I couldn't drive off my ankle. Mm. And, uh, um, you know, so I think I had to win that one in overtime. And then the next match, I think might've been against Bubba Hernandez from Bettendorf, who was a really tough kid and ended up being a state champ his senior year. Um, and I think I just gritted out a tough win against him and then Meeks in the semis and there was a lot of uh, a lot of hype, you know, with Meeks going into that match. And I just remember being confident, and yeah, it's going to be a tough match. But I, you know, I felt pretty good about it, and uh, you know, it didn't go my way. Um, I got thrown to my back, pancake to my back at the end of the first. So then I was kind of trying to climb out of that hole. Um, but it was a good match, you know, and I, I knew I left it all out there. So I had I have no regrets with with my performance in that match, and. You know, just kind of the rest of that tournament just kind of found ways to win and wrestled pretty well, you know, with a bum ankle. Um, yeah, I felt, felt pretty good about it after, after my senior year. How did you keep your weight down if you were able to wrestle and, you know, lose those five pounds in a practice every day? You know, yeah, I think just because my weight, I had stabilized my weight all year, you know, at five, I think that just helped a lot, you know. Um, 
and honestly making that cut down to 119 or that attempt to cut down to 119, that kind of helped my body adjust to being a little bit lighter too. Um, so yeah, not, you know, not being on the mat leading up to that state tournament. Um, it wasn't really an issue for my, for my weight. I don't recall, you know, I feel like I made weight pretty, pretty well, um, pretty easy, just kind of ran and biked and did whatever I could, but mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, did, did that take you to like another level mentally too? that? Like, Hey, I can grit out wins if I need to, you know, like I'm injured because were you injured before ever? No. Yeah. And so that was my first real injury. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, my, my mindset going into every match in high school and college was always, I'm going to wrestle as hard as I can for as long as I can. And, you know, that definitely, that injury definitely made it to where, Hey, you can't do some of the things that you want to do. So you kind of have to be a little more smart about, mm-hmm you know, how you wrestle. Um, and I ended up having to wrestle Bubba Hernandez again for the third and fourth place match. And, you know, him, him being a really tough kid, you know, definitely wanted that, that loss back from yeah. the quarterfinals. So, you know, that was, I think maybe a one point match that I had to kind of just grit out. It might've even been overtime, um, you know, and that's, that was a huge growth, you know, for me mentally and, and physically, you know, as a wrestler. Yeah. How'd you end up at Co then, you know, going after your senior year? Why? Yeah. Co? So, um, yeah, the funny thing is about Co. So I have it's kind of been a pipeline from Western Dubuque to Co. you know, my cousin, Ryan, um, who's probably eight or nine years older than me. He went to Co. And then before him, Eric Casey from Western Dubuque, he went to Co. Um, and he, he's coached there for, you know, 15, 20 years now. And then Jamie Gibbs, um, who's actually the division three wrestling coach of the year out of Baldwin Wallace. They took second in the country this year as a team. Um, he's a West Dubuque grad. He also went to co and helped coach there for a couple of years. Um, but all throughout my high school career, I never really wanted to go to co. I didn't know much about it, but I just knew, you know, I don't want to go there. And then when I started going to Cedar Hawk, I, uh, met coach O and, after I met him, I'm like, yes, that is the guy I want to wrestle for. I got to get into co and my grades weren't very good back, you know, in my height, you know, I got C's, you know, I just kind of did the work just to get by. Um, and then when my mind was like, Hey, I got to go to co or I want to go to co, um, and wrestle for coach. O. um, that's when I kind of started, had to get serious about my academics and, you know, had a lot of ground to catch up there. Yeah. Well, what made it, you know, what, what was about coach O that you were like, Hey, I want to wrestle for this guy. Just his mindset, his, his mentality, his, uh, his demeanor. Um, he just got that persona about him where, you know, he's just a very highly motivated guy and he's very intense and everything he does is with intensity. And that intensity is what kind of, you know, drew me to him and to co college and, um, I just knew it was like, man, if I'm going to achieve my goals in college, that's the guy. Um, and that was just kind of my mindset. I was like, I, man, I just, I got to do everything right now to get into co. And then once I do that, you know, once I got accepted and um, got in, then it was like, all right, I'm here. I can't screw this opportunity up. I got to, you know, buckle down on my academics and uh, 
you know, academics in college were never a problem for me. You know, once I put my mind to it and was like, I'm here for school, I'm here to wrestle and win a national title. Um, you know, then it was easy. Yeah. Did you look anywhere else really besides go or were you just, no, I mean, I, I visited Loris, I visited UD. Um, you know, I talked to, you know, a lot of schools were talking to me, but those were kind of just backup plans in case I didn't get accepted into co, you know, but I was just pretty much tunnel vision. Like, Hey, this is the only school I'm going to go to. I'm really going to look at. Yeah. So you got to co how difficult was it then to stay at 25? Cause you wrestled there all, all four years. Uh, well, three years, my senior year, I ended up going up to 33, but yeah. Oh, right. Right. Yep. So it's just another, another level, you know, um, <laughs> I got bigger. So going into my freshman year, I was one steady 145, you know, and then making the cut down to 25. So 20 pounds. Um, And the toughest thing about college cutting weight is you're eating at the cafeteria every day. So it's basically you're going to an all all you can eat buffet for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And uh, just having that discipline, you know, Um, whereas in high school, it's a little easier to go back home and, you know, you have to make a peanut butter and jelly or your parents make you dinner, you know, or, you know, so it's, it's another level of just kind of maturity and, you know, you're on your own for the first time. So freshman year, and then, you know, freshman year, I was behind Clayton Rush, who was a four-time All-American, three-time finalist, two-time national champ, basically the best wrestler in college division three college wrestling at the time, um, so being his backup, I didn't have to make weight every week. So in high school, you know, it's Thursday, Saturday, Thursday, Saturday, you know, at least twice a week, sometimes three times a week, you're making weight where in college, it might be once a week, or if you're a starter or if you're a backup, it might be once every two weeks or once every, you know, three weeks, depending on your competition schedule. So not having to keep my weight down all the time was a new adjustment as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I struggled a little bit my freshman year, but again, freshman year was just kind of a, a growing period, you know, getting used to the college um, regiment and, you know, just kind of getting better as a wrestler. Yeah. So then your sophomore year, were you, did you feel ready and prepared to insert into that lineup? Yeah. So sophomore year, you know, it wasn't just, Hey, you're going to be the guy. It was like, Hey, I still got to earn this spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mindset all, well, even, even my entire freshman year being behind Clayton, I trained with the purpose of, Hey, if Clayton gets hurt, I got to be the one to step in and, you know, win a national title. Like that's my mindset was like, Hey, I'm doing everything Clayton Rush is doing. I'm going to be ready. You know? So everybody goes into college being, Hey, I want to be a four-time starter. I want to start as a freshman. Um, And the best thing for me was being behind a guy like Clayton Rush where, you know, he's the best guy in college wrestling at that time. So I got to watch every single day how he trained, what he ate, how, you know, how he lived his life and his lifestyle. So that was a huge growing period for me. And, you know, like I said, my, my mindset was I'm not the guy, but if they need me, I'll be, I'll be ready, you know, and not just take that year off that freshman year off and just be like, well, I'm not the guy this year. So I'm not going to train hard. It was I'm training to be the guy from the get-go, whether I am or not. And that just kind of helped propel me into my my sophomore year 
of just kind of being ready. Um, and, you know, I got the starting spot and had a great year, um, you know, beat a couple ranked guys throughout the year and uh, going into the national tournament, I was a third seed, you know, as a sophomore. So, um, yeah. Yeah. How do you stay in that mindset all year long when the wrestling season such a grind, you know, like it can be just even it can be a little mundane too at yeah. times. And for you to stay constantly ready, that at times had to be just difficult. Uh, and maybe it was difficult. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, the so the growth period, my freshman year, freshman year season definitely got long, I think. Um, and not necessarily the wrestling part of it. Like, I never got tired of wrestling. I never, um, wrestling never got old to me or stale to me. It was the weight management that got, you know, old, Mm -hmm. um, and tough. Um, and that's a big, you know, that for every freshman and going into college, that's a huge curve, you know, learning curve is balancing both and just another layer of, of intensity and, and everything. So, um, you know, going into sophomore year and it did get tough and, and being the first year starting and having to take every match and and stuff like that. Um, it was tough and just being able to wrestle with, with injuries and small injuries, um, you know, and, and keep that mindset of, you know, Hey, this is still the goal, but it never got long. Like, man, I'm tired of wrestling. It was just, you know, bodies beat up and stuff like that. But, you know, as far as, as far as keeping, sight of the goal that was never an issue for me I always I was always hungry to wrestle and compete and practice like I love practice I you know showing up every day that was that was never the issue it was just kind of for me it was more uh doing too much probably you know just constant training probably overtraining a little bit you know back then um you know working out you know, twice a day, every single day, you know, seven days a week, two workouts a day, you know, that over seven months, that's, that takes a toll on, on the body, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Wow. That's a, uh, no days off. Yeah. No days off. I mean, our, our Sundays would be, you know, like a recovery workout, you know, yeah. a lift and a stretch and, and, you know, cold bath. Um, but still making sure you're getting that workout in or those two workouts in because you still had a, you know, cut weight, you know, I was still cutting, you know, 20 pounds, you know, to start. And, um, so even on a Sunday, you know, your day off, you compete on Saturday or Sunday, you still got to get that weight back down and in, in line, you know, you gain 10 pounds and on a Saturday, you gotta get that weight back off to be, you know, try and be plus five on a Monday for practice, you know? So, is still, you know, getting a run in, getting a sweat in, you know, light drill maybe, but yeah. Yeah. So how, how, you know, pleased or impressed or um, nice did it feel or special, whatever the word you want to use when you got, you know, you came away in all American as your first year starting as a sophomore and you came in as a three seed. I mean, yeah, probably disappointed, honestly, really? as, as as dumb as that sounds, you know, no, no. All, you know, as a sophomore, all American, like, again, I was 
in my mind, I was so ready to win a national title. Mm-hmm. And, and in that year, I probably had a lot of pressure on myself because I'm like, Clayton Rush, he was a tech falling major decision fool. I mean, he bonus pointed, I think, everybody that year, um, except for Matt McDonough, who was his only loss, you know, in a close match. So in my mind, I'm like, all right, I'm stepping in. There can't be another drop. You know, there can't be any drop off. I got to be the guy. I got to be high production. Um, and if I'm not, then I'm, I'm not good enough. So I think throughout that season, it was the pressure of, of me not being, um, what's the word? Accepting of my own performance, I guess, you know, so putting too much pressure on myself, you know, wanting too much, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I went into that tournament expecting myself to win it, you know, win a national title and I took six, which is still, you know, pretty good. Um, but you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a national title. So I was pretty disappointed after my sophomore year. Um, but there's another level to get to again, you know, so it just kind of lit the fire and okay, now we're going to go back and get better. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, going into your junior year, you know, it seemed, seems like you had maybe a little bit of a roller coaster year. You know, you went into the tournament unseated, you were 15 and eight. Yeah. My junior year was a struggle. And, um, you know, so my sophomore year, I was actually, I was more beat up than I probably let anybody know. You know, I tore my hamstring and didn't tell anybody. Mm. I sprained my MCL. Um, I was actually the start of um, my sophomore year, the start of probably a neck injury that blasted, you know, the rest of my career, but I really didn't know about it and really didn't tell anybody about it. And it was affecting me more than I thought. Um, But I was getting a lot of stingers, you know, throughout my sophomore year. Well, I was stubborn enough that I didn't tell anybody, you know, I didn't want to take time off the mat um, because I just, I just felt like I needed more mat time, more mat time. You know, I had to play catch up out of high school to get on everybody else's level. Um, So I never wanted to take any time off the mat and going into my junior year. um, My neck was really bothering me. Um, And I thought at the time I thought it was shoulder injuries. You know, I thought maybe I had torn my shoulder, Um, but it was my neck. So I started the year off ranked number one, um, and wrestling pretty well. And then, you know, kind of take a weird loss here and a weird loss there. And then, uh, one morning I was just kind of brushing my teeth and and looked in the mirror. I'm like, man, my, my left arm doesn't look quite right. And I looked at it and my, my bicep and my tricep were skinnier than my wrist. And I'm like, man, I don't, I don't, maybe that's just in my head. So I went over to Clayton Rush, his office, who he's coaching at the time. I'm like, hey, this might be weird, but does my arm look small? And he's like, yeah, that's definitely small. So we went and got x-rays and uh, I had two herniated discs in my neck. And basically that was pinching the nerves to my arm and that was you know, my, my muscles weren't getting any signal or whatever. So the muscles just, you know, deteriorated and, uh, and I had been getting stingers, you know, pretty bad stingers throughout the whole spring, you know, and summer, um, practices and stuff like that going into the season, just kind of ignoring them. 
And I'm like, oh, they'll go away. They'll go away. I'll just train through it. And then it got to the point where it was like, I'd get a stinger and it would, you know, almost knock me out. It would drop me. And uh, so then we kind of figure out, oh man, like kind of a serious injury. Mm-hmm. So I talked to the coaches, took some time off, took a couple of weeks, maybe a month off of competing. Um, I just started going to a chiropractor, um, Jen Hinchberger, who her husband, Dustin Hinchberger, three-time national champ, awesome dude, um, assistant coach at Co at the time too. So she fixed me up. You know, she, I would just go, it started off going once a day for seven days a week um, for a couple of weeks. And then, you know, down to three times a week, down to maybe once a week or whatever. But she just kind of kept adjusting me and, and figured it out to where, you know, I was feeling better and I just would wear a neck brace um, in practice. So after a, about a month off the mat, I went back to practice. First practice wrestling Clayton, I get like 10 stingers and my arm goes numb. I'm like, well, we're just going to have to learn to wrestle with it, you know? Um, so wore a neck brace the rest of my career in practice, never wore in competition or anything like that. But yeah. Um, so then just kind of dealing with that mentally. And then also my junior year dealing with the weight cut, you know, I, that after my sophomore year, I got up to about 150, 155, and then had to cut back down to 125. So it was definitely another level of weight cutting that um, added onto it, plus the injury. Um, and again, yeah, like, like you said, kind of an up and down year. You know, I was taking losses that I probably shouldn't have, and they weren't to necessarily bad guys. I mean, I think most of them, you know, were all American level guys. Um, but just not what I was used to, you know, I, I lost, I think 11 times that year. And that's the most I've ever lost in a, in a season, you know, my entire life. So also dealing with that mentally too, you know? Yeah. So even, even after all that, after all of that, you find yourself in the finals. Yeah. Yeah. And that was kind of all that, man. And just, (laughs) It was tough. just the run even more unbelievable, but still special, still believable at the same time, just because of the guy you are, it's just, everything just kind of rolled into one. Yeah. So it was, it was definitely a, a trialing uh, season. I remember one point in the year I was struggling. I called my dad and I'm crying. I'm like, man, I just don't know what to do. And you know, this sucks. I don't know why I'm losing. And, you know, he had a conversation with me. He's like, well, hey, man, you don't need to – it's like, you got a serious neck injury. You don't need to keep doing it for me. Like, you better not be doing it for me. Like, take care of yourself. That's. And the next day he showed up at my dorm room unannounced. You know, he just drove down to Cedar Rapids and showed up, and he goes, hey, let's go wrestle. Like, we're going to figure this out. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, we're going to go wrestle. And I'm like, dad, you're 50 years old. I'm not going to wrestle you. I'm like, I'll, I'll kill you in there. Like, you'll get hurt. <laughs> He's like, nope, we're wrestling. And we go in the wrestling room and I'm just like, I did not want to be there. I did not want to um, wrestle with my dad at that time. And I don't know, we had a good talk. We had a good conversation and, and that probably relieved some of the, the stress and pressure. Um, but then honestly, there's just some things that happened that season where it was like, you know, deep conversations and deep, talks with myself um you know and 
I'm not a real religious person, you know, but spiritually, you know, some things happen where I'm like, I'm getting tested. And if I can pass these tests, then I can do anything, you know? So I started the year off ranked first. I ended the year, you know, going into the national term. Well, even going into our national qualifier, I wasn't supposed to qualify. You know, I don't know what I was, I can't remember what I was seated, but I wasn't seated very high. And, uh, you know, it was just kind of like, well, my season's already kind of screwed. So who cares? You know, the, there's no pressure anymore. So I just kind of went out and wrestled. I ended up qualifying, you know, I go into the national tournament unseated. And I think I had the number two or number three seed first round um, and still struggling with weight. So I'm like, well, and I beat the kid actually the year before in the Concy quarters. So we're still, we're both all Americans. I beat him in the Concy quarters. I lost to him by a point at not national duels senior year, but I have him first round. He's a three seed and uh tough freaking match. I ended up getting a last second takedown, I think to win. Um, and then I just had no energy after that. I just about crumpled, you know, from the weight cut. And, uh, but it was just, it was a win, you know, and I was like, man, I just got a one, one win at a time, one match at a time, you know, and it was such a special tournament because it's in Cedar Rapids. It's in the ice arena. Um, the cell center was, you know, under construction that year. So it's in the ice arena. So it's a smaller venue. The place is packed. Um, I have 20 buddies from back home that, you know, they were going to school at Kirkwood community college. So they're all at the national tournament. They're having, you know, they're tailgating. you can hear them screaming in the crowd. So it was just a really um, cool environment and I had nothing to lose. So there was no pressure on me. So one match at a time. I know my quarterfinal match. Um, I think I got taken down twice in a row to start the match. And I ended up digging, digging it out and tying it up going into the third period. And I just had to ride this guy out and I ended up riding him out putting, and I wasn't very, I was savvy on top, but I wasn't like, you know, the toughest on top and just finding a way to win and just finding a way to ride that guy out for the entire third period period and winning on riding time, um, you know, was a huge victory. And then after that, it was like, man, I'm go- I can win this thing, you know, and uh, going in the semifinals, I had no pressure. I was all, all super confident. Um, beat the kid in the semis pretty, pretty soundly. And then, uh, you know, after that win, going up and uh, hugging my brother. My brother was one of the first people I saw, my little brother, um, who also wrestled at Co. Jake. And he was my training partner all that year. And I would drag him in 5 a.m. every morning and we would, you know, cut weight and I would drill on him or, you know, we would drill on each other. But he hated me for doing that. Um, so that feeling after that semis win and hugging him was so, was so special. And then seeing my dad was so special um, my family. So yeah, it was just, it was just an awesome tournament. And then going into the finals, you know, I had, uh, I think it was uh, not Austin Gomez, a Gomez or yeah, I think a Gomez from Ithaca and, uh, he had majored me at national duels that year, I believe, but going into, uh, walking out to the map before the finals, um, the arena was just, it's something that, uh, I'll never forget is just that your whole entire arena is sitting there chanting 
Jimmy Gatto, Jimmy Gatto. And, uh, yeah, it was just awesome. You know, it was just like one of those things like, man, this is going to be fun. Um, and I ended up losing, you know, I lost four to two. I have a little bit of regret on how I wrestled that match. I kind of wrestled a little too controlled, should have, should have opened up a little bit and just try to, you know, let it fly the way I normally wrestle. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was a good match. A special tournament too, you know, I mean, again, it, it almost seems like it was against all odds. Yeah. You know, and, and like I said, there's just some things that happened that season where, you know, it, it just kind of opens you up, you know, it just kind of, it, it definitely proves some things to you, you know, and it's just like, man, that's, you know, things aren't just coincidences, you know, things kind of happen for a reason. And if you do things right and you, you know, commit to it, you know, you can still um, accomplish your goals, you know? So, yeah. You know, in this whole time, this whole time, you know, we're talking about wrestling, but you were still making grades. You were still passing classes. I mean, you know, forget, that you're dealing with all this stuff as an athlete and doubt and, and pain and suffering. And you still got to go to class. You still got to yeah. need class or yeah. whatever it might be that you got to yeah. get. So, yeah. Which is, which is kind of crazy. So in, in high school, like I said, I struggled to get accepted into college, you know, and I, I got accepted, but I was on academic probation to start yeah. college. Right. And co is a pretty tough school. So yeah. Knowing that, I'm like, man, I just got to really buckle down. I can't let anything slip. I got to, you know, do everything I can to, uh, to get good grades. And I ended up graduating with uh, being an academic All-American. You know, I graduated like a 3.5, you know, cumulative GPA. So I, I think I might have missed maybe one or two classes my entire college career, you know. And I was just like, if I just go to every single class, I don't skip any classes, you know, it's going to be pretty hard to, to fail, you know? So I just made sure I went to every single class and I, you know, whether I, I felt like it or not, you know, it was like, I got to go, you know, it's like, I'm not going to skip a practice so I can't skip class, you know? So, um, yeah, academically, you know, college wasn't too, too difficult, you know, as long as you put the work in, but yeah, like you said, balancing that with everything else that's going on. I mean, I think there's definitely days where, you know, classes at Co are small enough, you know, your professors pretty well. Um, you know, they probably knew some things were, you know, probably not right, you know, or, you know, Jim's not as talkative as he normally is or not participating as much as he normally does. But, um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's just, that's always impressive. You know, uh, I know Co is a pretty difficult academic school, you know, and so while all that's going on, you're still going to class and and still main, you know, still filling that bucket or still performing at that aspect. That's that's still honorable. And, it, you know. Yeah. So um, so what did that lead up into your senior year then? You know, you you, you finally finally after however many years at 125. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're so enough suffering. I'm going to 33. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I got pretty big after that season. I, I probably hit 160 and it probably wasn't the healthiest 160, but, um, you know, still 160, you know, so the thought of myself going back down to 125, I was just, man, man, I, I don't think I can do that again. Um, especially with how tough it was the year before. And, 
you know, coaches are like, they're like, Hey man, yeah, you're, you're weighing more, but you can win it at 125. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to win it at 133 though, too. Um, and, uh, you know, so going into senior year, um, you know, feeling good, feeling healthy for the first time in a long time, um, and not having to cut as much weight, I think that I really jumped another level. Like every year of my college career, I feel like I jumped a level. And I think going into my senior year, I jumped another level. And I just felt like, man, there's nobody in this country that can, you know, compete with me in the division three. And, uh, you know, I was just killing everybody in the wrestling room. I was, I might get some crap for saying this, but I was, felt like I was kicking the crap out of Clayton rush, you know, mm -hmm. for the first time ever. <laughs> and I was like, man, I'm on, I'm finally surpassing Clayton, you know, and felt really, really good. Had a great season. Um, you know, I had, I used to battle with Kenny Anderson, you know, all the time and our Wartburg duel, I ended up pinning him, you know, and this was, wow. this was going into, you know, a couple of weeks before our national qualifier, you know, so first time I ever beat Kenny Anderson and I pin him, um, he's a two-time national champion at that time going for yeah. his third, you know, he's only lost, I think he's only lost three matches to division three opponents, you know, so he's, he was a stud, um, you know, so I'm on top of the world. I'm feeling great. Um, yeah. Heading into, heading into the national qualifier and heading into national, I felt, felt really good. Yeah. Why not? How, how couldn't yep. you, you know, yep. I mean, Kenny Anderson. Yeah. You know, rest in peace, man. He was yep. <laughs> great guy. Good. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, how'd the finish turn out for you then? Not good. So I, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I uh come off pinning Kenny Anderson and feeling like, man, I'm I'm finally gonna get it done, you know. And uh going into our national qualifier, so regional that year, they take the top three and doesn't there's no wild cards. So if you don't place top three, you're you're done. And we had the number one, number two, and number three ranked wrestlers in the country um in our regional so it was um the luther kid was ranked number one because he had also beaten kenny that year i was ranked second in the country and kenny anderson was ranked third and then <clears throat> plus there's 10 other really good kids yeah. from other schools in our bracket um and i wrestled kenny in the semis and i ended up losing i think three to two or four to two something like that really close match and uh so I got to wrestle back and I'm kind of, you know, pissed off about that loss. Um, but I got to wrestle back and um, my Concy semi-match, I hit a shot and for the first time in a year, I get a stinger and it was a bad stinger. Like it went down, but this time it wasn't my left arm. It went down my right arm and that kind of freaked me out a little bit. And I finished the match. I, met, I think I ended up pinning the kid but it freaked me out enough that it got in my head and um, so I wasn't totally mentally clear going into my third and fourth place match and my third and fourth, third and fourth place match, you know, the match to qualify, you know, I'm confident I beat this kid twice by seven points each time. Um, you know, so I really wasn't too worried about it, but I was still kind of just thinking, you know, about my neck, about my arm. Um, 
and go out there. And this is the first time in, in my life that I've ever wrestled a match and not been there mentally. And I, I don't even know how to describe it, but I just was not mentally there at all. Like I felt like I was watching, you know, out of body experience type thing where I had no control of myself. Um, and I get headlocked in the first period. So I go down five, nothing trying to claw my way back, but I never really panicked. It just, I knew I had the capability to come back and, and still win, but just nothing went right. You know, I got to the legs, couldn't quite finish. I'd get to my feet about to get an escape and he'd return me dive in on my legs and, you know, take me back down. So I ended up losing and uh, taking fourth and, you know, not qualifying for the national tournament as a senior, um, you know, and being ranked second in the country that year. So that was pretty devastating. Yeah. You know, then the million dollar questioner, you know, is how'd you handle that? Not good. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I actually walked straight out of the arena, uh, threw some clothes on and just started walking down the street until I saw some neon lights and went in there and kind of hid from everybody for a couple hours until somebody found me. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty tough for the next while. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, listening to this and your story, all, all these injuries and, and, and whatnot, did that maybe push you to get a strength and conditioning degree or were you already kind of set on doing that before? Yeah, I was, I was already pretty set on doing that. Um, and that was just kind of, you know, my wrestling major, basically, you know, like school was important to me, but I just was focused on wrestling and why not just go do strength and conditioning? Because, you know, that's kind of just something that comes natural, you know? Mm -hmm. So I guess now real quick back to, you know, when somebody found you, you know, what, what were the next, you know, what was the next point of your life? Like, did they just, well, who, who found you first off? Uh, I think one of the teammates found me. I think they just kind of, I, I think I turned my phone off. So yeah. I wasn't answering my phone and everybody's trying to call me and text me and check on me. And I just wasn't answering. So I think they just sent some of the freshmen, you know, Hey, we got to go find him. Um, so I think one of the freshmen came walking in and found me and uh, just kind of called <laughs> my brother probably and said, Hey, this is where he's at. And so then next thing I know I'm surrounded by family and friends and, you know, it just kind of turns into, you know, not a celebration, but everybody just kind of hanging out there, you know, um, and trying to comfort me as best they can. And, you know, you don't sleep for a couple nights after that. You just kind of live with it, I guess, you know, just kind of, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can only imagine, you know, um, but what I like to do is, you know, it's a journey, you know, yeah. There's ups and downs and heartbreak and, and whatnot. Um, but when you look over your career, like I didn't I knew you were good. I didn't know half the stuff you dealt with. And for you to have, be as successful as you were with all the all the adversity you dealt with. Holy cow, man. Like, yeah, I appreciate that. I, I don't even know what to say. Like, I'm just sitting here listening to you and I'm like, holy cow. I mean, it, it, I feel like half the other people would have crumbled. You know, I don't know how you, how you kept 
kept moving forward and kept going. I don't know. I mean, obviously, the obvious answer is you love the sport and, you know, you're mentally tough and everything, but like, geez. Yeah. Yeah. I was just tough. And like, like I kind of said before, you know, there's just, there's always something bigger in life, you know, and it took me, it took me a couple of years to kind of really realize that and like, Hey, like that stuff happens to everybody. You know, there's mm-hmm. coach, coach has tons of stories that are probably more gut wrenching than mine. And I think just about 99% of wrestlers do, you know, mm-hmm. and you just kind of have to get over it and you know, move on with life and, and realize that there's, Hey man, there's more things to life than, than winning and losing. And, you know, the best part about my life right now is I'm a coach and I can help influence kids lives for the better. And, you know, Hey, this is what I did wrong when I was competing. This is what we can do right for you, you know? Um, and that's what I love about, about my job and, and being able to coach, you know, athletes. Did you always think you were going to get into coaching or did you think that was going to be the next thing in your career? Uh, I think I always wanted to. Yeah. I mean, my first year out of college, I just started working construction. Um, it was kind of funny, like after, after my senior season was over with, there's actually a rumor going around on the team that I just quit college. I just quit going to school and I just started working construction. Um, I think I went and stayed up at my girlfriend at the time, uh, her apartment at you and I, and, uh, for a couple of days and everybody thought I just left school, you know? And, um, but yeah, so that full year after my first year out of college, I worked construction, you know, full time. Um, and then just volunteer coached at co. So, um, and then also ran the Linmar, you know, kids club as well. Mm-hmm. And so how did you get into now being strength and conditioning and now coaching as well? Now you're kind of doing two roles. So, uh, so Clayton rush was the assistant coach full time. Um, and then he decided he wanted to, you know, coach high school and start teaching, you know, PE and high school level. So, he took the Albernet position um, once uh, Kane Thompson left and went to Prairie, mm-hmm. I believe. And uh, so that opened up the position at Co. And, you know, I honestly, I didn't really think that I was that caliber of um, an athlete or a coach to take that position. And, and Clayton and Coach O are like, they kind of brought me in and were like, hey, man, we want you to apply um, because we think you are the right fit it kind of took, you know, I kind of was like taken aback, like, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, I like coaching and I want to do it, but you really think I'm that, you know, that caliber of a, of a coach. Um, you know, so I, again, going back to, you don't know, you don't know. Mm-hmm. And I thought I knew what coaching wrestling was and man, you know, those first couple of years coaching, the wrestling aspect of it is like 2%. If that, you know, it's, it's completely, everything else about life. Um, you know, you're a wrestling coach, but it's not about, you know, just being a wrestling coach like that. Like I said, that's 2%. It's recruiting. It's, it's uh, networking. It's building relationship relationships with, you know, your student athletes and their family and, uh, you know, mentoring, you know, your, your student athletes, you know, that's 95% of it. So mm-hmm. but yeah, then strength and conditioning. And so that just kind of came with the wrestling um, they needed a, a strength and conditioning assistant too. So then that was my degree. So it kind of worked out perfect there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also 
you know, with you and Coach O both, you know, having being okay with being vulnerable and being like, look, you're probably going to go through some trying times. I've been there, you know, but I can help you get through them, you know, and and try to paint a picture of things are going to be easy. Yep. 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 And just, yeah, that's the, that's the biggest thing too, is just being genuine, you know, like, the, the best part of all, like, so we got a pretty, you know, new six years old wrestling facility, you know, nice. at Co. and the best thing is coach O office and my office are right in the wrestling room. So our doors are open, you know, 24 seven athletes are constantly coming in and in and out, you know, in between classes or working out or whatever. So our, our contact with our athletes um, is really big and frequent, you know, so like, mm-hmm. You know, I, I have kids in my office, you know, all day long, you know, whether they're just there to hang out or they need to talk. Um, and that's and that's a big part of it. You know, just making sure the the mental health of, of your student athlete, you know, or just anything, you know, is just there that they feel like they're comfortable enough to communicate with you. And, you know, they'll talk and chat with me for a couple hours. You know, it's where it's hard to get paperwork done sometimes. But, you know, um, if that's what they need, that's what they need, you know, and that's, and that's my job. You know, you, you, you can feel like, a coaching is not just a one hat gig, you know, it's a, you got to wear many hats to be a coach, you know, and be a successful coach, you know, which, um, you know, is always the goal, you know, and it's not just about wrestling, it's about life and, you know, wrestling helps build, you know, that, and it's a tool for it, but yeah. Yeah. And you want to talk about having a successful program. You guys have had a quite the run last few years you've had some really talented teams yep. um, you know when did you realize that like you were starting to get some good talent in and start to turn the corner as a program to where you now you're competing at the highest of levels yeah uh you know it's just kind of you know coach yo he's just the foundation you know he kind of built the program up you know we went you know, six years in a row where we won a team trophy. And now we've had, you know, eight years, 10 years since we've last won a team trophy. So um, getting back up to that, that point where we're in that team trophy hunt every year um, and, and doing it the right way, you know, like bringing in kids from high school that we, you know, are going to buy into our culture and add to our culture and, you know, do things the right way. Um, you know, and it's just so easy to, you know, with the transfer portal and everything like that, it's so easy to kind of lose sight of, of what your program wants to be about. And, you know, coach, Joe, he'll never lose sight of that. You know, he wants to win and he's, he's as intense and motivated as, as he's ever been. And as anybody in the country, um, but he's going to do it the right way. And he's, you know, he wants to build it um, from within, you know, so we've had some really good results in the past, you know, the past few years and we have the right kids, you know, it's just about, you know, keeping developing them and uh, keep adding to the program and to the culture and, and uh, yeah. Yeah. And how, how special is it to have somebody like Caleb Reeves, you know, I mean, he's just one of many on your team, but yeah, you know, is he the first Kohawk ever to make a world team? Uh, for wrestling. I believe right. we've had yeah. some Olympians in the past for like track and stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, for wrestling, he's the first world team member. Uh, and he is, he's pretty special. You know, not many times do you get a kid that I think out of 
all of his wins, like 95% of them have been bonus victories and like 90% of them are pins. Um, so he's pretty special, you know, and honestly coming into college, he couldn't wrestle two minutes hard. You know, he, uh, he could barely fight his way out of a wet paper bag, you know, and, and just that's how much time O's spent, you know, working with him and, and developing him. And, um, he's always had the talent and he's always had the goal to make a world team. Um, but college is a long four years and there's a lot of different paths you can get sidetracked with, um, especially, you know, through those COVID years. So to him, for him, for Caleb Reeves to stay on track and keep, keep that goal and, and, and finally do it, um, is pretty exciting. And he just left, I think yesterday for the, for the world team camp out in Colorado. So he's training for, for worlds out in Finland, um, which I believe are in October. So that's, that's gonna be pretty cool. Yeah. And it just goes to show that you can go to Cole college and have success at the highest of levels. I mean, you guys sent yeah. what seven to that U S open. Yeah. Seven, I believe. Yeah. Seven. I mean, yeah. And then we took another, I think 12 out to the U23, U20 trials in, wow. in Ohio. So, um, yeah. And, you know, that's what we say all the time. We're a division three school. Um, but are you a division three athlete? No, man, we're, we want to win at the highest level too. You know, mm-hmm. we, we compete against division three competition. Yeah. But we also wrestle D one competition all the time too, you know? So, um, doesn't matter what let what you know what size school you go to you know if you want to make a world team you can make a world team wherever you go um you know as long as you stay on the right path and you put the work in you know we've got we had athletes that you know work just as hard or harder than any d1 athlete you know so yeah it's just it's fun it's a lot of fun yeah you know i wonder what they think about your grueling workouts you put them through some pretty pretty intense weight programs. Yeah. Yeah. We, we get after it. It's that, that part's always fun. Like this summer, um, you know, me and a couple of guys will go in and, and lift at 5.00 AM, you know, you know, so we're waking up at four, four thirty AM every morning, getting into the weight room, start lifting by five and, and, uh, just kind of getting after it, you know, and it, it's good for me. keeps me in shape. And, you know, obviously those guys stay in shape. So, um, but yeah, weightlifting, we're, we're big advocates of the weightlifting and, and just staying strong. And, you know, it's a hand-to-hand combat sport, so you got to be able to, you know, compete hard. Yeah. And then how do you also balance, you know, being being a dad? Yeah, you know, and that's – I am – I'm pretty lucky. You know, my wife, she's an awesome, awesome girl. Uh, like I said, I, I travel – we went out to the U.S. Open in April. Um mm-hmm u23s in in june and then i'm out recruiting on top of that um was down at disney duels for nine days was up at fargo for four days was you know somewhere else for five days you know so it's like i'm gone a lot um and i'm pretty lucky to have a wife that is very supportive of what i do and you know my kids you know when i'm home it's it's all about my family um and they know that I, I have to travel a lot and, and work a lot. And, you know, they understand that. Um, and they, you know, they love wrestling too. I bring them to practice all the time and they watch wrestling and they know all the guys on the team. So um, it's, it's a big family and uh, yeah. Yeah. So when you went down to Disney duels or were your kids upset that they, they couldn't go with and 
<laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. They wanted to travel with me, but you know, they understand that you know, I got to go to work and, and, uh, spend some time away, but I get a call, you know, that's, what's nice about FaceTime and stuff like that. I can call them and see them and, and, uh, they're still pretty young yet. So they don't always understand why I'm gone, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they know that I'm working and, and I'll be back. So, yeah. So what, uh, I guess as we wrap up here, what, what do you do to sort of take a break or take a step back from wrestling? I like to see what, what they do, what people do to. Yeah. I, I like, I like fishing. I like hunting. Um, I don't get to go out and hunt, you know, deer hunt as much, you know, since it's wrestling season. Um, but you know, if my, my big escape from wrestling is, you know, just family time, you know, hanging out with the kids, hanging out with my wife, my, my family in-laws, um, you know, but, uh, but I, I just love wrestling though, too. Like yeah. up being up at Fargo, man, that was awesome. That was so much fun. You know, I miss my family, but man, it's just so much fun to be around those high level, high level kids and just, um, the co- Iowa USA wrestling coaching staff, just good guys. Um, so, you know, I don't, my job is awesome. I get a, you know, I get a wrestle for a living and I get a coach wrestling for a living. So um, I just love it. You know, I'm like now freestyle Greco season is done. I'm kind of like depressed a little bit. I'm like, man, well, I got to wait a couple months for folk style to start up. And, and uh, yeah, I'm just pretty grateful. Yeah. Do you get, do you get around and scrap still to this day? Do you get in the room? Yeah. 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 I try to stay on the mat, you know, two, three times a week, you know, and stay in shape a little bit, you know, st- shape is a little relative at the, at my age, but um, <laughs> yeah, I try and stay on the mat, just kind of stay loose, got to stay active, you know, um, mm-hmm. but not, not five days a week or anything yeah. like that, you know, two to three. Yeah. yeah. Do the wrestlers know, like when you're warming up, like it's go time, like, all right, well, we better strap it on too. Cause yeah. Yeah. Around here. Yep. Yep. Yeah. When I, when I go live, they know that otherwise if I'm, if we're just sparring or play wrestling a little bit or drilling, you know, um, you know, it's a little less, a little less serious, but yeah. Yeah. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Jimmy Gatto, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. You can check me out on Twitter, Instagram, and my brand new Facebook page to hear more of my content. And don't forget to check out my website at letstalkwrestlingpodcast.my.canva.site. And as always, be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast as we conclude our Assistant Coaches Week. Take care. See you next time. Ah!